the Urban Broadcast Collective brings together the best podcasts on cities and urban life. Subscribe to us on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Maddox Lawyers, the lawyers to call when you need practical solutions to complex problems. Welcome to PX40 today. I'm Jess Noonan, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, Peter Jewell. Hi, Pete. Morning, Jess. Today, we'll be talking with Jed Hart. Jed is the owner and managing director of the outdoor advertising company, Total Outdoor Media Proprietary Limited, also known as Tom. A seasoned industry veteran, Jed has been developing outdoor media solutions for over 30 years. He's previously worked for a number of high-profile media companies in senior roles. Tom provides property owners, land developers and the outdoor advertising industry with a professional independent turnkey service for all billboards, be it large and small. Welcome to the show, Jed. Thanks, Jess. Good to be here. Jed, can you tell us a little bit how you came to outdoor? I understand at one stage you were a fisherman off a trawler on WA. Uh, yes, Pete, that's right. Um, previous life, uh, I, I, I grew up in Melbourne. I grew up in Bayside, Melbourne, and I went across to Western Australia after a stint in you know, doing a trade in the motor industry and then got involved in the, uh, in the marine industry over in Perth. Um, or more so Carnarvon, Western Australia. I worked as a, I worked on a, on the prawn trawlers, and then made my way over the years into the role of you know a second skipper and worked my way up the deck. But uh, and, and then I worked in the private boat industry um, around the America's Cup period, and uh, so I was always on a boat and worked for the marine harbours industry. And then uh, and then I met my wife over there, and we had our first child, and moved back to Melbourne and I needed to get myself a career. And, um, and I bumped into a, a friend of mine's father at a pub uh, one day and I convinced him that he needed to put me on. And uh, I, I knew a little bit about his business because I used to put up the posters for him in the early days with my mate. And, um, Is that David Nettlefold? David Nettlefold, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Michael was uh, a mate of mine, I was, he's a mate of mine I grew up with. And um, so... Uh, they put me on and they threw me into the role of going out and chasing billboards. And can you tell us a little bit about Tom? Okay. Tom, uh, after you know, working for various companies over the years, uh, I, in 2011 I decided to go and start up um, my own company, Total Outdoor Media. Um, I didn't have really much to go with apart from backing myself and I had some good people around me to support me. Um, so walked into a couple of permits, which was really nice, and built a few things for a few people, a few signs, um, started to earn money, uh, saw a, a, a hole in the market where, um, where the big companies weren't and tried to uh, fill those gaps. And can you describe to listeners what outdoor is? I believe it goes back to ancient times in Rome. Well, probably further, <laughs> Jess. I think um, humans have been, you know, painting on cave walls, you know, since they could stand on two feet. But um, it's really um, uh, probably uh, Egypt times where they used to carve rocks and tell people what to do with their land and where to go from A to B. So. But probably more modern poster times, it's, I think the poster really came out when, um, when the humble circus was um, advertising coming to town. 
And also railways. I mean, the, you know, railway stations were plastered with billboards, essentially. Yeah, well, it's, it, you know, that's it's a classic example of, um, you know, the, the uh, public facility trying to make some money out of, um, out of the medium. And, uh, and it still happens today in a big way. And how has the, the outdoor market changed since you started? Oh, I think um, <clears throat> the market itself, look, the, you know, there's, there's two parts of the market. There's the, there's the getting of the billboards, the legislation side of, and the rules and regulations around them. And then there's also the marketing of the billboards. So I think marketing has changed. Um, look, it's a billboard is a billboard, but really outdoor advertising is really more is considered more like out of home. It's out of home now. So mm-hmm. it's when you walk out the front door and you're touched by all these different mediums, whether you've got it in your hand on your phone or whether uh, you're, you're on the bus or on the train or you're walking past the billboard or you're, or, um, or you're listening to the radio and it's, it's promoting something that's outdoors. So um, you're getting touched by all mediums. So it's about putting a, a lasso around that and making sure that the brands and the advertisers are taking advantage of that, and and you and it's evidence to see you know with the bigger companies out um, like out of, um, like O Media, and uh, and APN uh, harnessing all those different mediums to give you the full package. I think so, O Media is so doing a, it best. We're talking about campaigns, aren't we? Yeah, Jed? campaigning. So I understand, Jed, that when a campaign advertising campaign is started, the initial initial thoughts are how is it going to work with outdoor. Is that right? Well, look, in the look, I've always always been of the belief, and I've spoken to a lot of creatives in the past. Um, I, I, I did have a big involvement in sales and marketing in a previous life. I'm more a developer these days, but um, yeah, it would start with the the butcher's paper and the pen, and, and how they could um, put a cutting message on a uh, on a piece of paper. Mm. And, and can you just talk about um, the cre- the creatives and the cut through? They, uh, with outdoor, it's very people normally have it for a very brief period, so it needs to be effective. Yeah, well, it's it's traditionally under, uh, known as the seven second medium. Um, you you drive, you got seven seconds to take in the ad, um, and you move and you move past it. So you've got seven seconds to send that message, and uh, and I think that's that's really where it all starts. And now, Jay, uh, this is one of my crazy theories, but. I think most people get exposed to the art of creatives for ad- advertising much more so than they would, you know, modern art, that the creatives have to be very good at their job and they have to convey a message, as you say, in seven seconds. And it has to be humorous a lot of the time or it has to be dark if it's like for a transport accident sort of thing. The, agree? Yeah, absolutely, Pete. Yeah, the, um, you know, it's all about, it's all about having someone sort of taking that ad and go, wow, I like that. That looks really good. Or, gee, that's got some, that's got a big message in it. So um, it, it is all about the cut through. Um, it's impact. Um, it's, you know, sometimes they get it wrong. Sometimes advertisers who don't have direction from good creative is, you know, they, they end up putting too many words on a billboard. Because it's all about engagement now, isn't it? It's less about, you know, having the coca-cola bottle just on a billboard it's more about engaging with that brand and um you know you and yourself deciding yes i want to drink coca-cola rather than having it sort of jammed down your throat as being drink coca-cola absolutely yeah and and you know and it's it's brand loyalties yeah exactly and um 
You know, it's 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 all about uh, you know keeping that brand out there for their supporters and, and engaging others. Mm. And, and people break down into tribal brands now. Do you think, Jed? I mean, you're a Mac guy or a Windows guy or folder or a scruncher? <laughs> See, advertising works. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm sure, but and 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 converting those to across to your brand, I guess. Jed, you know, outdoor, a lot of people just think it's advertising brands, but it's much more than that, isn't it? It's sort of public messaging. Can you, can you talk talk about that, you know, how a lot of authorities or safety bodies or whatever use outdoor as that public messaging? Uh, yeah, well, look, we, um, in particular with our inventory, we, we develop a lot of billboards in regional Victoria and, and I would say 65 70% of our uh, content is VicGov um, mm. advertising. You know, so that's government advertising? Yeah, government advertising like TAC, Transport Accident Commission, um, uh, health, um, women in sport, you know, good messaging. Yeah, because I know um, particularly in the city of Melbourne now, quite a few of the billboards also have community messaging as part of their permit conditions and those sorts of things. So if there was an emergency or, you know, bushfire that's probably less likely in the city itself but you have that community messaging coming up on the board to say evacuate or is, is that something you're seeing more of now well look jess i think you know with the with the introduction of digital billboards into the yeah. marketplace there you know there's that there is that breaking facility for um emergency services to take advantage of what they've got you know mm. especially you know um uh, around a bushfire or a disaster you know yeah. there's, they've got that They've got access. Yeah. Can we just talk to that, Jed? You mentioned digital billboards. Traditionally, billboards were pasted up to the wall or put up with skins. Can you just talk about briefly the revolution that is digital advertising? Yeah. Um, it's Well, digital, digital advertising effectively is just a big LED screen mm. um, filling in the space of that traditional classic billboard. Um the classic billboard would um, would change monthly on mm. average. It could be there for a little bit longer, and a skin wrapped around that billboard. And now you've got a digital skin that a digital screen that um, can take up to six or eight advertisers, um, and they're rotating like a PowerPoint presentation every day, all day. Which means basically uh, you need more advertisers to fill the space, um, which is why the industry itself and the outdoor advertising industry itself has seen such a great increase in revenue and support from the market um, because of the dynamic of it and uh, and the fact that, you know, there's more opportunity to see. And I guess that's a lot more sustainable environmentally. It's also um, easier from an OH&S perspective. You don't have people up on ladders and you know, climbing down the side of a building. So it must be twofold for you guys to... 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, and look, it's, it's, there's, the logistics of it is, you know, once, once it's up there um, and the product that's coming, that are going up on these signs, are, you know, people are... Uh, it's evolving daily. And, um, and once it's up and with the right maintenance, you don't have to go near it, really. Um, and it's, you don't have people climbing over the signs every weekend or every, every month. And also probably means you don't have those um, the access ladders going up the back, which can be visually a little bit um, ugly. <laughs> well, the, all, all of that, Jess, you know, like I think it comes down to design of the sign and, and, you know, we try to create something that's 
um, or design something that's all enclosed and, and, uh, and appealing to the eye. Thank you to Song Bowden Planners, who offer excellent personalised service. Call Dave Song or Dan Bowden through details on our website. Also, we thank Victorian Planning Reports, our very first supporter. If you want the A to Z of planning decisions in Victoria and excellent editorials, please get yourself a subscription to the VPRs. Details on our website. And finally, thank you to Salt Traffic and Waste Engineering, who are a highly skilled group of professionals under the direction of the wonderful Joe Garrity. Details also on our website. Just moving into the relationship of outdoor media with town planning. Many town planners and other allied professionals aren't particularly inclined towards signs, I think is probably a fair assumption. Um, what would you say to that dislike? They have, a, they have a point, surely, that signs can be a negative. Yes. Um, well, it's a frustration, you know, to the industry. The, um, uh, I think those in a position to approve signage um, sometimes or most times don't want to do it on their watch and um and uh which is a bit of a frustration where you know it's a legitimate business use the billboard um it it you know we have a fair understanding of town planning and and we have experts helping that helping us with that as well we know that it ticks a box and we know if we get the design right it 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 should be suitable for that area however the town planner on the other side of the desk doesn't want to approve it because um they're I think they're a little bit frightened of the public backlash or, or, or being that person approving it. Where I think there's no love for outdoor amongst the planning profession, Jess. I mean, I, I think it's like something that most planners learn, in, you know, without in sort of osmosis at uni or in their first jobs in local government, signage is considered not a great thing. Like, it's speculative. It's not like land uses where there's some benefit. And many uh, councils just say no outright. They don't even assess it. Well, that's right. They find yeah. it. They find it much easier to um, to knock it back. Mm. And whether or not that's a um, a political thing as well, it's probably not just a. Town I planner, think it's a professional it's thing. I don't. I don't think local politics is that big. I think most people don't mm. care much about that at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've you know look we we're developing in regional Victoria as I mentioned, and and you know we've got some town planners out there that. They love the idea of, you know, oh, this is good. I haven't done a billboard and, and it ticks all the boxes and here's your permit. Mm. And then you've got other towns that total taboo on the billboard, even though that billboard is perfectly suited in that spot. Mm. Um, but having said all that, I don't think I've ever met a town planner who has worked in the private side of the industry who ha- doesn't want to work with us, And they've, regardless of their history in local government. You know, I think it's, um, I think it's just their position where they are. And what factors influence you, you in site selection, Jed? Uh, well, it's all about the audience, Pete. Um, through traffic, who's seen the billboard, the impact of the site delivers, and of course, its saleability. If it's, you know, you can put a, a beautiful billboard up anywhere, but um, one that one that uh, looks great and it's got the great visibility, but if it's if it's unsaleable, then it's not a good billboard. So it's all about keeping keeping advertisers on it and um, picking the right spot. Do you think um, bright, vibrant public spaces need outdoor advertising? Uh, yeah, sure. I think it's, I think, um, well, when you, when you say outdoor advertising, um, 
you know, it doesn't traditionally have to be, it doesn't have to be the traditional square rectangle billboard. Um, you know, it can come in different forms. Yeah. Um, Fed Square is probably a good example in Melbourne of that. Yeah. Um, mm. Well, there's cities around the world that uh, adopt in different, different things, you know, whether it's built into the, into the landscape or into the side of a building that's, um, you know, kinetic and, and moves and, and is digitised and it offers, you know, interest in art as well as um, communication. Also, you know, things like bus shelters or tram shelters. Or the know, trams themselves. Or the trams themselves. <laughs> I mean, the, it, it does create that energy and brightness. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, like there's, there's been some excellent examples of tram um, tram and bus shelters where they've converted them into, you know, little pop-up sort of environments like Ikea, you know, turning it into a little Ikea store type with couches and beds and things. So, you know, creativity is, is you know, is there, you know, it's, you can do whatever you like if the, if the rules allow you. Jed, where does outdoors sit in terms of popular culture? I mean, I, I see lots of sort of uh, images from the past and things like that where billboards are shown. There seems to be a lot of interest in amongst the public in outdoor and advertising, like Mad Men, uh, you know, the creatives or the Gruen transfer here in Australia, the show. There seems to, outdoor is a part of the popular culture. Fair? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, like people, look the 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 great thing about outdoor advertising is that it's it's there and it can't be turned off. You know, it can't be. Uh, turned down it can't be closed and thrown or wrap your fish and chips in it it's it's a bulletin it's sitting out there and and i think that it's it's really the 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 true broadcast medium of the advertising industry and and that's why it's talked about a lot and that's why it is a part of the popular culture and and that's why people enjoy uh, creating ads for it and using it and and making it work harder for them it's interesting to see now as well that many of the older signs, particularly in in, um, in the cities, now have heritage classification. So there's really this rise and fall, um, and again, of neon. What are your thoughts on, on that? Yeah, I love it. I think, yeah. um, you know, I love, you know, that's, you know, once you, when you get involved in this industry, you know, like, you know, when you meet people who are in the industry and like you cut their veins and little billboards fall out, you know, mm. like you become a part of the industry <laughs> pretty much. And uh, and like the old neon signs, you know, Nilex, Skipping Girl, you know, there's some, been some fabulous signs that have been ripped down, unfortunately, and they and I still think they there should be a place for them. Um, uh, it just depends on you know the environment and it's and it's um, and what's planned for that site. And, and Jed, getting on to the fragmentation of the mar- of the marketplace, um, with you know traditional out with traditional public messaging, there was newspapers, radio, TV, you know free to air TV. Now with the advent of Google and Facebook and Instagram, that's a big threat for the traditional outdoor industry, is it or not? Or is it a bit more of a threat for the traditional other outlets? Well, look, it's look year on year outdoor and digital have have been um, getting a greater share of the revenue of the advertising pie and uh, magazines are dropped off newspapers are dropping off because it's gone digital televisions dropping off um, digital has had an explosion and and um, and digital meaning you know your facebooks your instagrams and and your touch points on your phone so 
um, and your screen. So outdoor advertising, being the true broadcast medium, is is um, grasping that and and pulling the whole thing together in their out of home uh, communication. So you know, there's there is some great evidence around the world of of uh, of these companies harnessing it all. So. I think the, yeah, they are going to be – they're their biggest threat, basically, the Facebooks and the, and the Googles. And I guess the outdoor media component of that is, is definitely complementary to the Instagrams and Facebooks and the online presence. Absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. going back to what you said earlier about leaving the home and being touched by all these different mediums, that's certainly ticking that box. Definitely. Jed, from your point of view, where does outdoor fit in the apparent contradiction between having orderly public spaces – and the edginess of 21st century cities that some urbanists want. So there seems to be a contradiction, a tension in planning to having these nice spaces with, you know, piazzas and, you know, little cafes and things like that and having that edginess, that rawness, which outdoor can also introduce. Yeah, good point. Um, I don't think I've ever been to an international city that doesn't have a square or an environment that has billboards and um, and and provides you know that that life and vitality of the action around that particular city. You know, you've got um, you know, let's talk about Times Square, Piccadilly, um, and, and Tokyo. You know, that's it's fabulous. Well, not just Tokyo, Jim. I've just come back from Japan, and uh, the, a lot of the cities are pretty ugly. But the outdoor and the liveliness at street level is just the, the phenomenal. And it's not the buildings that make the place. It's, it's the street life, the activity and the, and the hustle and bustle. But also the outdoor signage helps a lot. Yeah, well, even, even in this town, Melbourne, you know, like um, I remember having discussions with town planning and they wanted that, that, that environment to be around the Burke Street Mall. But... You know, there's some signage around Burke Street Mall and there's the big sign that no media have, but really that, that point of Melbourne can only be at Flinders and Swanson Street, Federation Square and Young and Jackson's, and, um, and, and, it, and that's what it's become, and it will probably only grow. Now, you've also recently been to an international outdoor conference. What's coming over the horizon, or in this case, the billboard? <laughs> um, well, look... And what goes on at these conferences, Jed? Well, they're very, they're very good conferences. Um, they, no, they are fun. They, you meet, and the great thing is that you know when you go back, you see, you, you catch up with these people that you met the year before, and and you, you you compare your notes and you have a bit of fun, and and uh, but you know it's all about everybody's pretty much doing the same thing, but the universal theme I think is that's coming out is a collaboration, and and. Everybody is doing great things. Everybody's collecting data and they've, they've got their own audience measurement systems and they've got all sorts of wonderful things happening in their environments. Um, but it's a commercial world and it's very competitive. Um, and the, as I said, the universal theme is to collaborate. So the industry profits from it. Um, it. It moves forward together. From a regulatory perspective, I know in Victoria um, and probably other states as well, the planning system hasn't quite caught up with the technology of outdoor media, as in the term digital or um, electronic signage isn't quite there yet, sort of just in train now. What do you think is the next, um, the next level of technology that's coming in that we need to really be aware of? Um, well, I'm not sure about 
that. I'll, I'll give that a bit of thought. But I think, you know, in answer to your first uh, part of the question is that I think, you know, when you look at governing bodies like Vic Roads, they've mm. got their head around it. You know, yep. they, they now understand it. They use it. And um, um, where before, you know, only 24 months ago, they'd knock everything back. Mm. But uh, now they understand it and they, they support it if it's in the right spot. Um, town planning, um, yes, town planning to get their head around it. But, it, it, you know, it's, it's again, it's, it's, you have to have an argument with them about it, which I don't think there's any requirement for that argument. Well, well that's, Jed, I, I suppose in defence of planning, uh, most planners are very cautious um, and no one gets prizes for approving the thing that's a disaster. Yeah, sure. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and just even things like lighting with digital. I mean, lighting can, as I understand, can be controlled quite specifically with digital where it can't with the traditional forms. Well, look, lighting can, with LED lighting, you can... You can adjust. Can, you can adjust lighting with, with even with the flood lighting, you can, you can make sure that those lightings that you buy, that light that you buy for the flood light on the classic billboard is... is um, delivering what it should um, and with the digital screens yeah they adjust you know and they and they they they, they collaborate uh, uh, calibrate and adjust by themselves you know to the, the day, ambient light to, yeah, to, them, to yeah. dark cloudy days to bright sunny days so um, it's 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 a very good process you mm. know and, and it's it's high tech yeah what's next um, I don't know what's next. I think that's the big question. You know, like there's you you can um, you can project on buildings. You can you know you, they, there's there's holograms. You know, like how big can you build a hologram? You've seen Blade Runner, Pete? Yes, I have been <laughs> several times. Funny you mention that. <laughs> Pete's favourite uh, movie. <laughs> uh, that, that's an exciting future of uh, city spaces, Jed, with yeah. Blade Runner. What did you think of Blade Runner and the advertising in that? Oh, I loved it. You know, I, I love I love all that. I love, um, you know, those movies there. They, like Fifth Element, and, you know, the they Minority Report, they, they give you some inspiration for the future. Inspiration or desperation? <laughs> no. Jed, did, did, now, do you sometimes see outdoor and, see, and think that's a really bad urban outcome? Do you see signs that you think, oh, my gosh, gosh. 100%. That's yeah, I, I, I um, you know, I, I hate... I really get upset when I see a sign that's built that's not actually working, you know, that it's sort of point, pointing in the wrong direction or it's it's cluttering an environment. Um, but, you know, having said that, you know, the, the, a cluster or a clutter of billboards in the right environment, as we talked about before, those big cities work. But in the in the wrong environment, it's, it's a planning disaster, you know. And I've, I've, I've never been a fan of... Um, signs on the back of a phone box and you know like who uses phone boxes these days it's like a it's like a, a money grab more than anything and I and, it, and you know good luck to the company that's got it but I've never I've never seen it as a I've never been a supporter of it. Jed a final word ha, ha, what would you like to convey to the planning and design world? Um, I think um, look as far as assessing um, billboards and you know in the in the planning world and and when they're when they're looking at an application from an outdoor advertising company, I think um, I think they, it should be assessed um, based on the fact that the billboards aren't taboo and they are a legitimate business use. You know, and and we have a fair understanding of of what works and how it how it should be, how it should present itself and and whether it ticks the boxes planning wise. 
And we tick those boxes and we, we provide traffic reports, we provide um, illumination reports, we do everything we can to support that application and still, and, and, and as far as we're concerned, when we're putting that application in, it, it, it feels like we've got a pretty good chance, but we don't. And, and a lot of the times we don't have a chance and then we have to take it to VCAT and fight it again. So, and generally win it. Uh, at VCAT. So I think there's a lot of time wasting and a lot of money wasted. So I think um, education would be a wonderful thing in for... You want a fair go. I want a fair go. And, and I think young planners, you know, need to understand that as well, instead of having old planners tell them that billboards are taboo. Mm. I think that point you made before as well about the fact that there's now so many really good examples, I think that's probably going to help that process of people understanding and having an appreciation for outdoor advertising. So... Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Now, just final question that we ask everyone. How do you relax and unwind outside of work? Well. Besides listening to Tom Waits. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I, um, I, uh, I do love my music and, and, uh, and we do venture out to see music as often as we can and we head down to Menion, down at Fish Creek, uh, often to listen to some music. But uh, I do love a nice wine and a big fire and conversation with mates and family. So uh, we do that a bit. We've got a big fireplace in our backyard that we sit around often. That's nice. Lovely. Good on you, Jed. Thanks very much for the interview. Thanks, Jed. Um, Jess, this is PX40. This is our 40th uh I know. Can you believe it? No, we've come a long way, Jess. I hope hope our listeners uh, can see some measure of improvement in our podcasts. And we do love to hear what you've got to say, listeners. So um, get in touch with us. And um, it's been a real pleasure, Jess. Thanks, Pete. And thanks, thanks Zach, too. Thanks, Zach.